Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Friend of mine, Dan Dickow, once upon a time, got together with another friend of mine, Ben Sherman, and they founded and continued to operate and boosted the profile of an enterprise called Scorebook Live. You might have seen it. Dan Dicko does a little uh, podcast called The ISO. And he had an interview with a reporter that works for Scorebook Live named Andy, Bu- Andy Bueller, who basically helps produce. I think he produces the podcast and he does a bunch of reporting. I don't know. We're going to talk to him here about this. But if you are covering or interested in high school sports in our state, Scorebook Live's got you covered. And the Les Schwab Invitational Tournament every year brings all these great players, talented players, uh, to gymnasiums locally. They're out in Hillsboro playing games. Last night or yesterday, West Lynn played a game against Tualatin. Uh, we talked about it on air. Jackson Shellstad, the commit for the University of Oregon. Dana Altman was in the house watching his guy play. He, uh, he had a great game. Scored 43 in front of Dana Altman yesterday. And then Bronny James, LeBron James' son, had his first round game against Jesuit on Tuesday. What was that scene like? You've got the number one team in America, Duncanville, playing Bishop Gorman. Bunch of four and five star players. And this matchup coming down the pipeline, Sierra Canyon and Bronny James against West Lynn and Jackson Shellstad coming down the pipeline. I think that game is tonight. Andy Bueller joining us, Scorebook Live. He's got you covered. Andy, did I get that right? Do you do the producing on the ISO podcast, or what do you do for for Dickow? Uh, yeah, at one point I did uh, produce Dickow's podcast. Now uh, I'm in kind of a roving reporting editing role. I uh, covered the state of Washington for three and a half years uh, up to last year. But, yeah, a little, little bit uh, of, of everything. Love it. Uh, I love that you got your uh, finger on the pulse of this Les Schwab Invitational Tournament. Just give, Let's start with Bronny James and the scene on Tuesday as they play Jesuit and they, they're in this tournament. How big, of, uh, how big of a following, how much of a rock star is Bronny James in Sierra Canyon right now? Yeah, no, Bronny. I mean, he's he seems like uh, you know he he's a pretty got a pretty laid back demeanor. Um, you know, he doesn't emote a ton, but and I, I wouldn't know. He doesn't give interviews, uh, but just the what follows him is is pretty unbelievable. I mean, he's flanked by three security guards uh, at at all times, and and uh, you know his carries a pretty big spotlight, millions of followers on social media, and you know the past couple of days at the Les Schwab Invitational, it's it's you can see. You know, LeBron James jerseys from high school, Lakers jerseys in the crowd, and, and, you know, tons of people showing up for Bronny. Yeah, you've got now Sierra Canyon and Bronny James playing the top team in the state of Oregon, West Lynn High School. Jackson Shellstad, the uh, five-star recruit who's headed to the University of Oregon, is the leader on that team. 
Give us an idea of West Lynn beating Tualatin in your mind. Uh, you know, I'm not that tuned in to the high school scene, but how big a win was that for Shellstead and West Lynn? I think it's a win they expected. It was a, a rematch of the state semifinals in 6A last year when Westland got bounced. Uh, Westland's regarded as the top team in Oregon this year and, and you know, has backed it up through a couple of days at the LSI. Uh, but I think to pull one out in overtime against the Tualatin team where, you know, Shellstead kind of had to take over. Westland only went six deep, and, uh, you know, it was free throws that willed him down the stretch, and Shellstead ends up with 43, perfect 10 of 10 for the from the line, and, you know, the first place he walks as soon as the uh, final horn sounds is right over to uh, Dana Altman sitting courtside. That scene had to be surreal. Altman stayed for the whole game? He did, yeah. I think that's interesting that, you know, here his future coach is coming to check him out and watch him. Uh, also, uh, you know, you've got you've got uh, Mookie Cook, who a uh, five-star pledge from, I think he's playing for one of the Arizona schools now. He's also there in the gym. Uh, I read your report about it, but, you know, give us an idea. Sierra Canyon against West Lynn. If, you know, if someone's going to go to this game, are, what are we talking about? Standing room only? Uh, you know, do you already have to have a ticket or, you know, how tough a ticket will that be? You know, I think it's it's going to be a tough ticket. The They put 50% of the tickets online uh, for the entire event, sold out through Christmas, and fans have been coming the day before to Liberty to, to secure the next day's ticket. So, um, you know, they had, I think, capacities listed around 3,200, 3,250. Um, and on Tuesday for Sierra Canyon's first game, uh, it, it had to have been, you know, well beyond that. I mean, there were people hanging over the balconies, you know, filling – Anywhere you could find room to stand, uh, you know, a fan was, and it, and it was, you know, I think it was so so packed that the floor began to get slippery, and it was, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty remarkable for a first-round game that turned into, you know, a 30-plus point game. Andy Bueller with us, reporter for Scorebook Live. He's talking about the Les Schwab Invitational. How does Sierra Canyon match up with Westland? You know, I think Sierra Canyon matches up well. Uh, you know, Bronny is, is the leader of this team. Uh, in, in past years, he's carried a pretty big spotlight, but wasn't necessarily the go-to. And, and this year, he is. He hasn't turned the ball over uh, through two games. Was phenomenal, uh, you know, both nights. Uh, 22 points the first night, 19 points the second night. Uh, and I think he's 16 of 21 from the field. Uh, so it, it all starts with Bronny. Uh, Dylan Matoyer, another guard. Uh, you know, pretty solid, uh, kind of the, the two seniors at Sierra Canyon. There's a lot of transfers. You know, Ashton Hardaway, the son of Penny Hardaway, committed to Memphis, uh, transferred over from Duncanville, actually. Uh, and and he's, he's a nice kind of stretch forward who can f step out and shoot and, and play with his back to the basket. Uh, and, you know, in, in the backcourt with those guys is a five-star uh, Isaiah Elohim. Uh, and, and he's a junior. He's uncommitted. And uh, there's a lot of eyes on, on him this start of the season. He's had a really nice start. But Sierra Canyon's got a ton of size, a ton of length, uh, and, and they've shown through two days uh, that they can really shoot the lights out. Uh, Central Catholic coach David Blue last night said, you know, hey, we, we scouted this team, and we've never seen them shoot the way they did against us. And so, you know, it's, it's a focus group. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, to kind of see where the top teams in the state of Oregon rank against some of the top teams uh, nationally, uh, who do you expect to see in the finals? You know, I, it's, it's, this is chalk. I mean, Duncanville is the, the number one team in the country in the SB Live Sports Illustrated Power 25 national rankings. Uh, Sierra Canyon is 16. Uh, Bishop Gorman, who Duncanville's playing tonight, 
it sits at number 20. And so you got three nationally ranked teams. you got a hometown team in West Lynn that, that really, really wants uh, to put on, a, you know, in front of a local crowd. And I know this event itself means a lot to Jackson Shellstad, who grew up going to it. Um, but it's it's hard for me to, to, to not pick a Duncanville team with, you know, a couple five stars and, and uh, Sierra Canyon, a team that's just been, you know, looked pretty much unstoppable these last couple of days. I love what you guys are doing with Scorebook Live. Uh, ben Sherman, big fan of him and as, uh, you know, the, the content guy there and, and editor. And, of course, Dan Dickow's vision. Give us an idea. For people who have never seen Scorebook Live, you can go to scorebooklive.com. But give us an idea of kind of, you know, uh, who is your typical reader on Scorebook Live? Yeah, a typical reader is a big fan of high school sports. Uh, if, you, if you like, you know, high school sports at a statewide level, uh, if you like rankings, you know, polls, feature stories, game coverage, photo galleries, highlights, uh, all the above, uh, SB Live, we, we want to be your one-stop shop, and uh, it's a state-by-state -state coverage approach, so scorebooklive.com slash Oregon is, is how you get to the Oregon site. Uh, Washington, the same same deal, and and then on. But you know, covering covering high school sports not only at a state by state level, but also top down at a at a national level with some uh, national rankings, player lists, uh, and and you know, tons of coverage of big events like the Les Schwab. Yeah, I think it's a big deal what you guys are doing. I appreciate your work, uh, Andy. Uh, before I cut you loose, obviously, Bronny James gets a lot of the attention. Jackson Shellstad gets a lot of the local attention, but. Give us an idea of who you think maybe uh, – give me a couple of players that are still playing in this tournament that if people are coming out there, you go, hey, you got to see this guy play. Yeah, it starts with, I think, the top-rated prospect in the field, which is who's Ron Holland, 6'8 forward at Duncanville. He's recently committed to Texas last month. Uh, him and K.J. Lewis, who's an Arizona commit, a four, four five-star uh, off-ball guard, um, those are the two guys that I point to. Uh, they just they just look like professionals. You know, you, you look at the LSI, you talk to some of the local teams that go up against this national field every year, and, uh, you know, it's it, there's such a stark contrast depending on the team that comes in and of just, you know, the local team versus the national team. And, and you look at Duncanville, and they look like a professional team, and, and those two guys are, are, are kind of the, the tip of the spear. I know Bronny gets all the headlines, and, you know, he's certainly backed it up with his play so far as, as being kind of a – spectacle on his own but Duncanville uh is appointment viewing um but outside of Duncanville I mean they played Bishop Foreman tonight there's some uh former NBA players uh kids on that team as well uh Jason Richardson's kids mm. Jace Richardson and Jackson Richardson a junior and a freshman for Gorman uh really really solid players and Gorman's point guard Junie Mobley is an Ohio State commit he's he's uh, you know among the best point guards in the country you know, uh, it's really interesting to me. I just, you know, I pulled up the Twitter profile of, uh, you know, that how that high school Duncanville basketball, and their Twitter profile is the official Duncanville boys basketball page. State champions, they rank them all. When I go and look at Tualatin, why does it say Tualatin men's basketball? It's boys basketball, isn't it? Well, you know, it certainly is if you're a sports writer. Uh, you know, I mean, they're they're not 18 yet, and you know, yeah. That's, what are they trying think, to do? Uh, is that are they trying to intimidate me, or know. what are they doing? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, no, but it's it's you know, you you look at a team like Duncanville, and it's like, boy, they it's everything about them uh, is is you know, they, they look like men. They they yeah. you know act like men, and they they act like professionals, and uh, yeah. But that's an interesting distinction. Yeah, I looked it up, and I was like, why is Tualatin calling them men? Because, you know, as a sports writer, 
the last thing you want to do with a college team is call them boys or girls. So you're always really cognizant of that when you're covering college sports. And then you go down and you cover high school sports, you say boys and girls. And uh, the Tualatin boys basketball team, Tualatin High School, their Twitter says Tualatin men. So I don't know. i got to have a talk with them, Andy. Hey, hey, I appreciate you joining us and giving us your expertise. For people who want to read Andy Bueller, you can do it at scorebooklive.com. His stuff is all over there. It's a great site if you're interested in high school sports uh, in our state, in our region, wherever you may be listening. Andy, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate your time. Good stuff there. Man, Bronny James, like I've got friends who live outside the area, and they're like, why are you not at the Les Schwab Invitational? I'm like, because I'm on air. I'm working. I have a J-O-B. But these semifinal games are taking place at night. And I think it would be a lot of fun to get out to Hillsboro and see an 845 game, Jackson, Shellstad, Westland High School, take it on Sierra Canyon. And then in the other semifinal, you got Duncanville taking on Bishop Gorman from Vegas. Judah, there's going to be rims rattling in Hillsboro. I got to do play-by-play for the LSI a few years ago when it was Ben Simmons against uh, Peyton Pritchard and Jalen Brown was there. Mm-hmm. And just now to, to see that in retrospect – and like to think about the matchups we get tonight and the way Andy uh, laid it out for us just now, it's hard not to get excited. It hyped a little bit. And, it, and Liberty does a great job hosting it. I played a lot of baseball there, but the 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 gym there is great. Great atmosphere. Bronny's in town. Like it's good stuff. There's A-listers courtside. It'll be fun. I mean, and the the talent level that is on display. Like, I think Dana Altman, University of Oregon coach, is there to see Jackson Shellstead play. But there's a whole bunch of other players there that could help Dana Altman. So I think I know what he's doing by showing up there. Uh, the Punch and Audio is coming up. Uh, plus, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what is going on in the world. Kevin Warren to the Chicago Bears. What happens to the Big Ten Conference if the commissioner leaves? We'll talk about it coming up. <laughs> You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. On tomorrow's show, Kenny Dillingham, Arizona State's new head coach. Got some questions for Kenny. Where was your head at the end of the year? Were you distracted, Kenny? What are you building at Arizona State? All of that uh, on tomorrow's show. Also on tomorrow's show, Sean Hyken, who uh, does the Rose City Report. He covers the Blazers. He had an interesting piece about uh, Gary Payton, uh, the uh, second, and his uh, progress or lack of progress, lack of help, health to this point. Does anybody else find it very strange what is going on with GP2? Uh, are the Blazers mishandling the communication uh it seems like uh on one hand there are some reports out there that say oh he should be back here he's getting ready to come back in a couple weeks others saying you know we don't know chauncey billups saying he doesn't know what the hell is going on with gary payton the second um what do we know well we'll find out tomorrow as sean hyken will join us to uh give us the skinny on that front i want to talk a little bit about kevin warren big 10 conference commissioner the engineer of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, the guy who stabbed George Klyovkov in the Pac-12 in the back, that guy. I want to talk about Kevin Warren for a minute. Now, Kevin Warren came from the NFL. 
had worked for the Vikings, had been in the NFL, went to the Big Ten Conference, became the commissioner, and then engineered that deal, that mega deal with Fox, uh, engineered the expansion deal, grabbing the two L.A. schools. Good for Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren also has done a lot of good things for Kevin Warren. And I don't begrudge him for that. I'm not one of these people that's like, hey, it's all about you. But he's got a PR team and a crisis management team that is very focused on elevating and promoting him. And if uh, you are in the PR and marketing world or crisis management world, you may know some of the characters involved with this. Uh, Chuck Cecil, the former Arizona football player who played in the NFL, his wife Carrie owns and operates one of these firms. She has been right beside Kevin Warren as he is making his appearance on 60 Minutes, as he is on the cover of magazines. And if you follow her on Twitter, you see all about like the work that she's done for Kevin Warren and for other people, her firm, no doubt retained by the Big Ten and Kevin Warren. So uh, it's a lot of this, I think, has been in the coming and in the making. I think Kevin Warren all along had larger aspirations than being the Big Ten Conference Commissioner. Now, the Big Ten has issued a statement saying that Kevin Warren, you know, evaluates all opportunities. No doubt his PR people have their fingerprints on this thing. Oh, this is just uh, him examining another job. But there is some smoke here that could have some fire attached to it. And it looks like the Chicago Bears looking for a team president. Kevin Warren may be looking for an exit from the Big Ten Conference back to the NFL. Now, those in the industry tell me that this may just be about Kevin Warren trying to negotiate a better deal for himself. He's done pretty well. Better deal for himself. Uh, maybe he's frustrated that the Big Ten Conference does not want to grow beyond adding USC and UCLA. Maybe he just wants to be in the pro world. Whatever the case, uh, I think it's interesting. He interviewed in person for the job. Um, he uh, apparently, you know, he was heavily involved in helping the Vikings get U.S. Bank Stadium built. So he, uh, you know, the Bears are very interested in that part of growing their empire. And I happen to think Kevin Warren probably wants to be commissioner of the NFL one day and replace Roger Goodell. So... Getting back to the NFL makes sense for Kevin Warren. Now, what would it do to the Big Ten if Warren left? I think it would stabilize college football. I think it would put, I don't think it would put an end to the discussion about teams like Oregon, Washington, Stanford joining the Big Ten, Notre Dame. But I think it pumps the brakes on it because I think he was the driving force behind all of that, behind the scenes. And so I think it kind of signals to the rest of us that Kevin Warren may have looked around the Big Ten Conference and gone, I've done all I can do here. I look like a hero. I negotiated this huge deal. I expanded the conference. All that can happen for Kevin Warren now by sticking around the Big Ten Conference offices is that he can continue to collect a check and he can only make mistakes. Keep in mind, this was a guy amid the pandemic that some in the Big Ten footprint were saying, this guy needs to be fired. He's mishandled this thing. We're frustrated with Kevin Warren. There was a lot of frustration with him, and now he just everything he touches is gold. So I do think his PR team and his crisis management people, who were long a thorn in the side of the Pac-12. Remember when the Pac-12 said 
all those grenades getting thrown from the Big 12 conference, all that stuff that's coming from the Big 12, all that misinformation, I suspect some of the same characters in the PR crisis management world were working behind the scenes as fixers to try to muddy the waters for the Pac-12 and make things look worse than they were for the Pac-12 conference because they wanted destabilization. Why did they want that? Because that made it more likely that more teams could be added to the Big Ten or the Big 12. And, oh, by the way, check and see where those PR firms uh, are working, who retains them, who's paying their payday, who's paying their invoices. It's the Big 12 and the Big Ten. So I do think this is real. I think Warren to the Bears probably makes sense for the Bears. It may make sense for Kevin Warren's career. But I think if you're a Pac-12 fan, you kind of got to read the tea leaves a little bit. And I think you're, in the end, left thinking, hey, this probably means that he's banging his head against the wall now in the Big Ten trying to get more expansion, more money. He's kind of looking around going, hey, I've done what I can do. Now, I may be reading it wrong. Maybe he's just trying to get a raise and an extension. People do that. It's not my style, but Kevin Warren might be doing it. But I don't think he needs to do that to get a raise and an extension. I think all he'd have to say is, I want a raise and an extension. I think at this point, given what he's done, he'd get a lot of traction there. But I think uh, it says something about the college landscape. And I also think what has happened to college athletics, like some good, some bad in the last few years, I do think the transfer portal was by and large good for players. It allowed them the same freedom that coaches had in leaving places. I do think that NIL was good. I think players should be able to monetize on their name image like this. I think it's off the rails, when, though, when you combine those two things because now you have unrestricted free agency and you have booster groups that are just buying players. Uh, I think it doesn't work. So Kevin Warren may be looking at that going, you know what, I'd rather be in the NFL where there's a collective bargaining agreement. It's much simpler. It's much easier. There's only headaches here at the college scene. But I also think the damage that the Big Ten Conference has done to the college landscape is immense. I think they have blown up tradition. I think they have turned their back on, uh, you know, sort of 100-plus years of, of history and tradition, and I think they're chasing money. They're chasing money like they're a pro league. And somebody in that entity, whoever replaces Kevin Warren if he leaves, or, or maybe the new president of the NCAA, who is the, the former governor of the state of Massachusetts, somebody's got to pump the brakes and go, hey, like millions and millions and billions of dollars, that's great. But we also have to remember we're not supposed to be a pro league. We're not supposed to be the NFL. The more we look like the NFL, the worse we look because we're not as good as the NFL. The teams aren't as good. The quality of play is not as good. The playing field's not as level. Like, there's no salary cap in college athletics. At least in the NFL, there's a hard salary cap, and the Seahawks can't spend more than the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl. But in college athletics, there's no salary cap. There's no collective bargaining agreement. It's just a lot of gray area. And the haves every year signing up for the four-team invitational tournament, like four guys who show up early for a pickup basketball game, get their names on the list first. Ohio State got here early. Clemson got here early. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.